So, oh, my phone. <laughs> All right, so welcome to Motion and Success, the number one podcast for millennials and Gen Z. We might not be number one, but we coming for that spot. Absolutely. So today we're here with our guest, Charles Noonan. Yo, what's up, what's up, what's up? Yeah, we about to get into that information y'all need that y'all been looking for. Um, given all that game, Charles Noonan is one of the top dudes out here doing real estate and definitely going to have a great conversation um, showing how anybody can literally get into the in the into the real estate industry because, you know, yeah, it's different. That's Let's where it's that. at. That's yep. where money is. Yep. That's, yep. That's, yep. that's yep. where it's at. But first, I got to thank you, though, because you're our first guest on the platform. So, oh, that's what's up. Yeah. you know, appreciate your time for coming here. Um, excited about this. Uh, it's crazy because Cody just, like, about a day or two ago, no, like, two days ago, he called me and was like, yo, we got our first guest. And I was like, who? And he sent me an Instagram. So I'm looking through the Instagram. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just immediately, I offer it. I said, yes. I said, yo, we got to we gotta shoot it and we got to get it done because he definitely has a lot of value to give. So super dope, super excited to have you here. And... Uh, let's get ready. Let's let's go. Yeah, man. That's what it's all about, though. Like, if you did look on my page, automatically, you're going to see me giving back. You're going to see me, like, doing whatever I could do to change people's lives, right? That's, like, what my page is about. That's what I'm about. So I didn't even know this was y'all first. So <laughs> that's, I was like, yo, listen, can you jump on? We, we, we starting up something good, you know? I, I, no, but I'm like, look, we starting something good right here. If you think about it, it kind of aligns with my mission is to help. So you asked me like, yo, see, come through. Well, I, I didn't even look. I'm like, all right, bet. Yeah. Right? It was just easy to do it just because I feel, I really feel strong about the service model. Like when you look to serve, you look to help other people. It doesn't matter how big they are. It don't matter if they got like 80,000 followers. I didn't even yeah. check. I know you from the, um from like <laughs> the, the real estate expo. Yeah. Then a couple of other events in New York, y'all came through, right? You came through the, a couple of events that we did. It was the NYS, she that had the yep. play for play. Play for play was yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. Yo, man, shout out to she the three. Shout I out never, to the three. I've never imagined that I would participate in a real estate versus battle. The, the Just the thought of that, like the creativity oh of that was crazy. And then the fact that she picked me for it, I was still like... Like, this is, like, amazing to do. Yeah. Yeah, so I was happy to participate in that, man. That was a lot of fun. Absolutely. The first one was fun, too. Like, for sure, for sure. Yeah. That one was good. Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. If you don't mind, because, you know, being that all three of us here, we're from New York. But, you know, me and Cody, we're from Brooklyn. How was life growing up in New York? <laughs> so, first of all, you see how you said Brooklyn? Like, yo, we from Brooklyn, right? You see, you see that, right? I'm you gotta from the have Bronx, the emphasis. Right? Yeah, like, oh. like Brooklyn and the Bronx, y'all just so different. But I got a house. I'm born and raised in the Bronx, but I got a brownstone on Flatbush. Not too far uh, from here, actually, on Flatbush. But I grew up in the Bronx. Um, mm. Very similar upbringing to what? Flatbush used to be just like, it's almost like the bed sty of um, my neighborhood. It was almost like the bed sty of the Bronx, and um, just humble beginnings, man. It wasn't easy, but when you're in like humble beginnings, you don't really even realize it, like where you are in the world as far as rank or social class. You're just a kid. You have fun and you just enjoy whatever you know, yeah. whatever your daily task is. Mm. That's 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 super dope. That's super dope. But how is it like like growing up, especially around like an environment where you don't see a lot of entrepreneurs? You kind of just see like the dope boys, you see the rappers. 
to really get into entrepreneurship out there, like out here in New York, you really got to want to do it. It's not like Atlanta, you know, where like you see everybody get into it. In New York, it's a yeah. little, you got to really want to do it. Well, I'm going to say this, to, to, to be born and raised in New York City, right, there's like the working class and that used to be enough money, right, to afford the houses that, um, the, the housing cost back then. You could work like two-parent household. I grew up in a single-parent household. But at that time, a two-parent household and a good job was enough money to actually buy a house and have a comfortable lifestyle. Right. The way that New York the, has appreciated, the real estate has appreciated at such a fast rate, you almost have to go into entrepreneurship to stay here because mm. you really can't, you can't buy a million dollar, one, two, three million dollar home in the neighborhoods that we're in right now with a regular paying job. It's just not, it's just not enough money. Right. So I'm going to say like me being like growing up grassroots in New York, I wanted to stay. So it wasn't really an option. I knew there was money out there to get and I had to go get it. So I just had to. And, and real estate is probably like one of the oldest industries that's known for making the most millionaires. So I had to get into real estate and it wasn't really much of an option for me. So like when you say you had to get into it, was like, was there like somebody forcing you? Like, yo, Charles, you need to get into this. Like, you have to do this. Like, Charles, this is your only way out, Charles. Like, you have to do this. Was that what it was or was it a little bit different? No, it was circumstance, really. So okay. so a couple things. Coming out of college, I learned about real estate and I started some real estate deals that way. Just young, fresh, um, just full of energy and, and effort. And I got into the real estate game. The real estate bubble busted. I cashed out crazy. I sold a ton of real estate and I made so much money like 2008 to 2011. Yeah. And then I went to work corporate America and I actually dominated working. I dominated corporate America. But as New York City was appreciating, right? So I got a house in Brooklyn. I got a house in Westchester County. I was just looking around the areas where I own property and the appreciation rate, right? They started at like 600000 but today they're 1.5, 1.7, 2.2 mm. million dollars. So it was like, all right, I'm working, I'm making four or five hundred thousand dollars, and I still really can't afford if I needed to buy a house. I really couldn't afford. Like it wasn't enough money. But what I was doing, I was servicing other CEOs and CFOs in my in my corporate America role. And they all had real estate portfolios, right? They all owned companies. It was like, this is the way to really, to wealth. It's not like saving at a job. The real path to wealth is through investing. You just can't save your way to wealth in New York City. You have to invest your way to wealth. There's only one way to do it, and that's the way. Yep, yep. So how, how'd you find yourself like out of New York? Once you realized the real estate market was just out of reach, like who told you about other markets like in other cities? Man, it was just, I, I had to find a way. So I got two sons, right? And shout out to them. It's National Sunday. I was just, I just heard. Oh. Did you guys, did you guys know that? I didn't even know that. No? Sunday on Sunday. Imagine It's that. National Sunday. I hope uh, the person who told us that is accurate because I just posted both of them and everything. If it's not, it's going to be a funny episode, right? But look, um, so I was looking to really set them up because like one of the things I realized is that I didn't have a parent to like pave the way for me. Right. But I made it through like hard work, dedication, and there was a little bit of fear. Like once I started getting money, I was I, I used to live in fear of going back to being poor. 
So I grew up impoverished, welfare, single parent household. And I, it was like, I don't, I don't want my kids to have to see that. And I don't want them to have to see me go back to that. So there was a little bit of fear in me that always motivated me. And it really just tapping in lately from a psychological perspective. That's one of the things that pushed me to just like do more. I never felt like I had enough money to kind of chill. So I don't take my foot off the gas. Absolutely not. You can't. You There's can't, no such really, thing. You, really you can't, can't. You can't. So, 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 Charles, we know that you're in the real estate industry and you do sound a little bit different from everybody else, right? So we know the Airbnbs. We know the short-term rentals. We know the multifamilies. We know the buy tax deeds. Uh, you know, the liens. You know, the wholesaling. All those kinds of things. Like, can you tell the people, what do you do, like, inside the real estate di industry that's a little bit different from everybody else? Yeah, so my specialty or my niche is land bank properties. Mm -hmm. Land bank properties are um, properties that are purchased from a government entity called the land bank. Right. And land banks are government entities that work with different communities and city agencies to take over their vacant, prop vacant properties to help get them uh either purchased and rented out or purchased and uh, renovated so that they can be sold. Yeah. So this it, it works twofold, right? So problem properties increase crime in communities. Right. They decrease the property values. So the community is fine with land banks coming in and selling those properties because now there's less vacant properties on your block, right? The land bank works with the uh, government agency for the purpose of getting those properties back on the tax roll. So now there's like four or 500 houses in a city that the city's not making any money off of. Mm -hmm. So the land bank is going to kind of make that, create that win-win situation where the community gets a house that's safer on their block and the city actually gets another property that's on the tax roll. So like I said earlier, man, I got two sons and I was trying to prepare them for their future. And I was trying to actually prepare them in a way through real estate, but through a debt-free uh perspective. Mm. So I was looking for real estate all over the country. I flipped Trulia and Zillow upside down, like <laughs> lowest to high. So the lowest first. So here's here's what I was thinking. I was just going to cash out on properties for them so that they could start to get like $1,100, like rent every month. I was just going to buy them as an investment to just try to propel their future so that they have money and could sustain a comfortable lifestyle in New York City where we live today. Right. And then I saw these properties for $1,000, Ooh, right? And you've seen like the versus battle and yeah. things like that. So buildingdetroit.org is actually the site that I stumbled upon. And they have properties, two, two ways you can buy them, through own it now and through auction style. So I just started to buy properties there. And um, just like a New York mindset, I wasn't in fear of going into these underdeveloped neighborhoods or any impoverished community because that's really where we came from. So that fear factor wasn't there for me. You know, some people would say, oh, I don't want to go there. It's dangerous. It was actually the murder capital of the country. Yeah, they do say that a lot of times. <laughs> About Detroit, right? Yeah, they definitely yeah. do say that for sure. But here's the thing, man. It's just like New York. People are scared of New York. People are in fear of coming here. They think we're violent. They think we're rude. They think we're crazy. But when they get here, they realize, like, that's a subset of people that are in certain neighborhoods, that are in certain activities where you see a lot of the violence. If you're not in that lifestyle in parts of New York City, you actually don't you actually don't um, witness all of that, yeah, right? So true. if you're not in gangs, you don't witness gang activity. Yeah. If you're not in a lot of other stuff, you don't witness a lot of stuff a lot of that stuff that goes on. So just like Detroit, man, when I went there, 
I tried to be like a New Yorker. I tried not to speak to people. I tried to just go about my business and do my stuff, right? And you guys are laughing because you know what it is, right? You it's don't like, want to connect eyes with somebody. <laughs> you see them coming, you turn, you just get to your work. You act like you're going in the trunk. When they leave, you close, you go back to the house, right? No offense to non-New Yorkers. It's just a New York thing. So look, so... I'm developing properties there. And one of my properties actually got robbed. My first property. And what I found was, there's a couple of things that I didn't do right. One, I didn't like introduce myself to the people in the community. The neighbors, they have a vested interest in me developing that property because it makes their neighborhood safe. So we got a guy like, so I had the first properties on the corner. We had a guy... Um, who had two daughters, they have to walk past this vacant, dilapidated property every day. So do you think he'd be happy to meet me and gracious that I'm renovating this property so his community could be safe and that, like, his parents who are outside, they don't have to worry about that being a trap house. They don't have to worry about the house attracting rodents and things like that. I wasn't thinking like that. I was Mm -hmm. just thinking selfishly. So that house got robbed. The community kind of came out and they started to talk to me and say, well, you know, we start to track and find out who who did it and like what was the issue. And, you know, they just really embraced me. So one of the things I teach, whenever you're going in these communities, one of the first things you should do is introduce yourself personally as the developer or the investor that's buying the property and that's renovating it. And they'll look out for you and they'll embrace you. Right. So it's the same thing, man. Any impo- if, if you come from any impoverished city, going into underdeveloped, impoverished cities, I want you guys to know, don't fear as a real estate guy, as the developer, as the investor, you guys get a pass. It's okay. Go introduce yourself to the neighbors. They don't bite. They're actually going to look out for you and be your number one resource of security. That's good to know. But like, say, say if you're like an investor and, you know, I know you can do this entire transaction online, right? Yep. Say if you're like the person, you live in New York, but you want to invest into Detroit. How does that work? Well, let's say we'll stay on Detroit for now. You can buy online. Mm-hmm. So through mm-hmm. that site, you create an account. Um, I'm going to teach your community, man. Yeah. So like, <clears throat> this is it. number one. So I'm going to give y'all like the real, like, you can go buy houses tonight, right? Ooh. Here's what you do. You create a corporation. So you either have to live in Detroit or have a business license to do business in Detroit, which through a corporation um, and the land bank team, they get to use my office address. I got like um, an office downtown Detroit. They get to use my address as their location um, for their business. So they automatically qualify through like a business perspective. So now they have a business address there. They can go on that site and you can buy in a corporation. Land bank team members got a little bit of advantage because we have like a list of contractors that we use, plumbers, um, electricians, roofers. We have everything kind of like in-house. But if you're not, I'm going to say you could go the traditional route. Just do it with caution. Yeah. You can go the traditional route of seeking out your whole your own team. Right. Oh, that's dope. That's I got dope. a question because you, you mentioned $1,000 properties and that mm-hmm. made a hair raise in my head. How, like... Why a thousand? Like, how is it a thousand dollars? Why does it cost so much less? Is it like an auction, or how, how does yeah, that work? So, so here, from an educational standpoint, the land banks actually get the houses that fall from the tax lien sale and the tax deed sale. Those are the ones that are like at the bottom that didn't sell there. The land bank gets like first dibs at those, and they're able to sell those. But here's the difference, and and why some people may think that they're the houses that nobody wants. 
But in fact, it's not true. They're the houses that had a lot of liens on them, a lot of debt on them that didn't make sense financially to purchase mm. in the um in the tax lien and the tax deed sale. So what happens is the land bank has these unique governmental powers to quiet title, meaning they have the ability to wipe away mortgages that are on properties, tax liens, deeds, um, IRS liens. The land bank can actually take those um negative things off the title. So when now when they so they didn't sell in the land bank in the tax deed or tax lien auction because if you did your research, you'd see there's a medical lien, there's IRS, there's a mortgage on the property, and it just doesn't make sense financially. So it, it kind of gets passed through those auctions. Then it comes down to the land bank. The land bank wipes those away. We can go in and we can grab those properties. Yeah, because you like thousand dollar properties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, let me get they, four. Though. They start at a thousand. <laughs> oh wow! So yeah, they start at a thousand. Then there's a, a typical auction, but there's also this own it now process where you put the bid that you want to do. And I'm gonna tell you something for the on the land bank team. This is one of the things that we do to kind of make sure we don't bid against each other. We manage our group at Mighty Networks, yeah. right? And in Mighty Network, there's a tab that we created it's called um, <clears throat> Properties Currently Bidding On. Mm. So if you want to get a property, you'll go in there and you'll post to the team. It's like hundreds of us. You see how deep we roll, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we deep. I went to the dinner that time and it was like, we was outside deep. People coming from Miami, Atlanta. Some uh, people, yeah. Bro, they loyalists, bro. <laughs> they loyalists. Yeah. They fly from anywhere. Yeah. So we go in there and we post, hey, team, I'm about to bid on 146 6th Street, right? Please stand down. And the rest of the team, <laughs> it's, a, it's hundreds of us, the rest of the team will honor that and not bid against you. So people across the country may be bidding, and you're typically going to be bidding against land bank team members who did all the research and the homework. And we kind of know what's too much and what's not too much because we did the research. But when we go in there and we post that, you're actually removing like the rest of the force, mm. the rest of the crew from bidding against you. And that's what makes us so successful is that we kind of do it in this this family-style manner. Mm. That's nice. That's real nice. Yeah. And back to the point where you're saying like it, it, it wipes off everything. It kind of just brought up the idea like cleaning up a credit report. You know what I mean? That's like, exactly what it is. <laughs> you clean the credit so look, profile, so you got an 800 now. <laughs> Not to mention everything else outside of that on of the credit report. That's what yeah. it is. So from a bank perspective, like a lender, somebody shops you, let's say a car dealership shops your credit profile. Yeah. All the banks say no. They don't want it because of the debt that you have. Right. However, if that debt was wiped off, now to a lender you look really attractive. Mm. Now the houses are dilapidated. They are like in poor condition. They're bandos. They're they're in poor condition. So you do have to renovate them, and the land banks don't just give them to you. You have like a set of requirements where you have to renovate in a certain amount of time, which are things that you're going to do anyway. Because right. if you don't, you're just investing. You're just giving away a thousand dollars. So you you're investing in these properties with the purpose of renovating them and renting them out for the cash flow that you're going to yeah, require. Yeah, I, I got a question about that. So being that, you know, the government, they're, they're basically wiping off the liens and they're getting rid of the mortgages. Yeah. I know they're going to require you guys to kind of like renovate it in a certain way, like to make the community safer. So is there like mm -hmm. certain, like, how, like what would they turn that bando into? Like what, like what would they turn it into to make the community house. safer? Oh, regular they're, house? The, for the most part, I try to focus on smaller houses because they're less expensive. Like a three-bedroom that's 1,600 square feet is going to rent the same as a three-bedroom that's 1,100 square feet. 
but the cost is going to be different. Mm -hmm. So my focus is to try to renovate the smaller properties for less cost of materials and labor. But you're putting to putting them together. Just think about this: you're renovating an aban a once abandoned property, and you want to get it back to like the community standard. Yeah. So you're not make you're not doing these properties with like granite countertops, really like really nice hardwood floors and things like that. They actually like carpet in the Midwest because it's warmer. They prefer carpet actually in That's the funny. Midwest. It's it's funny. It's just a different. It's a whole yeah. different different culture there. But, yeah, you renovate it, and you also have to think, too, in areas where there are lots of vacant properties and abandoned properties, there's also a shortage of rental units. So you have, like, overcrowded homeless shelters. So when those government programs come out, like Section Ooh, 8 and all of those, yeah. and you have this, like, freshly painted property that's in a, a, a decent area, it's way better than previous living conditions, and you're actually doing a service to, a, like, an entire family that could move in. Wow, wow, wow. So even like things like Red Cross, like for example, like natural disasters, hurricanes, mm -hmm. they will they will move into your properties. Of course, well, I'm gonna go deep, bro. Look, <laughs> here's a site. I'm gonna give you a site, right? All right. If you got a property, and this is a, this is national. Okay. If you have a property, you guys could go to findhelp.org. Findhelp.org is one of those sites where program based housing will list their companies that will do rentals to you. So there's like battered women's shelters that might be overcrowded. They will rent your properties from you. Safe houses for, wow. let's just say, like women that are victims of trafficking or things like that. Safe houses. Um, there's a lot of other agencies there. So findhelp.org. And then you can go to the housing uh, icon. It's like five icons on the top. Just click on housing, put in your zip code, and you'll see a list of um, program-based housing programs that you can rent your, your place to. Have he it. just gave y'all a lot of game. Have they get it. deeper though. <laughs> they pay more than all the government programs. They pay more than like Section Eight does. Oh wow! They're like fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars a room. Yeah. A room, a room. Findhelp.org. And you just bought a property for a thousand dollars, and you, now you renting a room for two thousand dollars. Yeah, you got to put money into it though. So your renovation cost could be twenty, thirty thousand dollars. So yeah, that's still worth it. I mean. It's Everybody else on the block, they paying a thousand, they getting fifteen hundred dollars a month. Now you get three bedrooms, that's about six thousand dollars. Yeah, forty five hundred if you go fifteen hundred. So now you know, man. When I say like Land Bank team, we 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 pulling up somewhere that they they come. Yeah. It's easy for them to fly out. <laughs> so yeah, man, I, I'm doing this event because we also take advantage of took advantage of opportunities to buy land in Birmingham, Alabama. Mm -hmm. So October sixth, I'm doing this event called Deed Day. And um, I posted it. It took me a while to put it together behind the scenes because I didn't know how I was going to structure it. Right. But once I put it out there, like 40 seats sold, like Ooh. immediately. And, yeah. I, and I wasn't sure if I was going to do it on a Friday, a Saturday or whatever. And I just put it out there. I'm like, all right, Friday, everybody that has land, we shooting to Birmingham. We're going to go do a master class on how to develop. Bro, within like the first week, I'm talking about 40 people. And then as it unfolded, I realized that if I had a bus leaving at nine o'clock, people had to actually get there on a Thursday, mm -hmm. right? So now, and I didn't realize it like this, but people are taking off of work on Thursday, flying into Alabama with their deeds in their hand. Um, then we're going to do a bus trip where everybody's going to actually go see their properties. 
And then we're going to do a master class where I got my entire development team that's going to come and teach them and pour into the community. Wow. We're going to have a dinner, too. So we got like a catered dinner. Um, it's going to be crazy, man. That's crazy. So now let me ask you a question. So now you guys are traveling as a team, everybody bringing their deeds, everybody about to learn the real estate industry, you know, developing on land. Mm-hmm. Can anybody do this? Like, like, anybody. Is there any kind of requirements for this? So here's the best thing, and here's why I got into um, land bank properties, right? You don't need a job to do it. You don't need good credit. There's no credit check for land bank properties. You just have mm-hmm. to have the money and a plan to buy the property. Mm-hmm. And then here's one of the, the most important things, too. Not to say that us not filing our tax returns is a popular thing, but banks traditionally ask, they want two years of your tax returns. They want you to be on your job for two years. They want you to not have, like, this criminal background. All these things that, they, that are in the way of us getting into real estate. The land banks don't care. It's I, I call it like non-discriminatory real estate where mm. they don't discriminate on whatever you had in the past. The only thing they ask is that you don't have any tickets of blight in the community that you're paying that you're buying in, meaning that you didn't you don't have like trash tickets or like tickets for having um, debris in your yard and things like yeah. that, or having just left your garbage or like an unsafe place. If you don't have that, you can literally go to. I'll give you buildingdetroit.org. You can go to that site and buy property. You can go to the Birmingham Land Bank, Birmingham Land Bank Authority. Um, there is Muncie, Muncie, Indiana sells land for $300 on their website. <sighs> 300 mm. bucks. Crazy. Crazy return monthly on that. Whatever you, bu- you build on it. So we, we teach development as well. Uh, mobile homes, modular homes, manufactured homes. Uh, there's a company that, we, that actually sponsors the podcast, um, Star Homes. Right. Star Homes is like a one stop shop and they'll teach you. They'll show you the properties. You can buy them. They'll install them and put them on the property for you. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what? How, how does it work with the with the down payments for the property? Like, let's say somebody ha- they, they don't have any cash or, you know, anything, but they see a good property and they really want to get their hands on it. Do they have to come out of pocket for it or is it like you could go to the bank and get get the down payment? For the for the property, no, so the cost of the properties are so low. So with let's just say again, we're on this this land bank hard man. We're gonna break <laughs> this website tonight. But let's just say you talking about Detroit Land Bank. You you buy the first property with a credit card. They only take a thousand dollar deposit. Damn. Now, if you only had a thousand dollars on a credit card and you had funds somewhere else, the next amount. Let's just say you bought a property for three thousand, for example. $2,000 you have to send to the title company where you go close. Now, we all know sites, especially you, where you can liquidate your credit and, and, and send like an e-check or wire to the title companies. I think it's like Milio. Mm-hmm. Milio is one. I hear, um, what's the most popular one? Plastic. Plastic, yeah. I think they're putting a stop on it. <laughs> but you got Milio, you can do it. And what else? Give me one um, more. Com- there's so like there's- one more company that's pretty popular. Um, you can also use PayPal to be honest, like send invoices, you know. Yeah. You oh, that's the that's the that's to liquidate. Yeah. Yeah, but Milio, you can wire funds through Milio to your title company. Right. Which is pretty smooth too. So they do a lot of that. Yeah. And then here, man, I'm gonna just give I'm gonna just give everything today. The oh, USDA, USDA, right? United States Department of Agriculture. Being okay. that you may be put um, purchasing land. Let's just say you did Muncie, Indiana, where they have land for three hundred dollars. 
you could get a USDA loan at 0% because it's a Department of Agriculture loan. As long as it's in a mm. rural community, you can get funding at zero, 0 down for, let's just say you got an invoice from Star Homes or Clayton Homes and you wanted to build a tiny home, for example. And let's just say that was like $79,000. You can get a loan with your invoice to the USDA to build and develop on that land that you bought for $300 from Muncie. Oh, wow. That's good stuff. That was a lot of games. So you can't even, it's, it's, it's like no excuse to not get into this game of a land bank. Like you literally get a property for $1,000 or even less than that. And then you could also get a property with zero down. Like, yeah, you get the crazy. renovation or the building cost. Yeah. That's crazy. Or if you want, like I said, Star Homes does like the pre, pre-built properties, like the ma- manufactured homes, which are built in like, a facility and driven over. Yeah, like and they're like driven over. Trailer. Yeah, I've seen those before. So, yeah, man, there's no excuse. Really what I find, <laughs> though, for people to, to really jump and take the move is typically some extenuating circumstance, right? Something has to happen. Like, something has to trigger an individual, mm-hmm. really have this desire inside of them to do better. Um, I hate to say it, but one of the number, the number one reason is, like, divorce or breakups, right? Somebody moves out, They'll call me A. Charles. So you don't see a lot of couples on the team, right? A. Charles, I need you to make this money, man. I'm about to lose half. They on my line heavy. I hate to say this happens too in the fourth quarter, man. We all know what happens in corporate America in the fourth quarter, right? What happens? They want to hit their numbers, their quotas. People get fired, right? Mm. Companies are downsizing, um, going into preparing for the next year layoffs happen like inevitably we're going to start seeing headlines of people getting fired so breakups getting fired they on my line heavy hey i got i got time i got this money let's go and that's why i think also too man it's like when you're finding ways to make money and you don't have to depend on like a check from somebody else where you can make your own schedule we also talk about profit plus purpose so the land bank team right just think where we come from. We're now helping people that are in that space of, let's just say, humble beginnings where we were. But now we're able to give them a house like that's fairly decorated well, new mechanicals, a new furnace, a new hot water tank. We didn't cut any corners on like the walls or anything. They're insulated. The roof is done right. So it, it's like dual purpose, man. It's, I call it profit plus purpose. Mm-hmm. So now I got a question. Like, this is kind of like a, a biased question, right? So say for me, I'm a young dude. Um, you know, I want to have some fun. I want to be able to use other people's money to have my fun. Mm-hmm. Like, say, for example, I want to buy a Lamborghini or something, right? Right. What would be the game plan that you would give somebody in their 20s right now to actually be able to afford those things and actually live comfortably? Like, you know, have fun using real estate, you know? So you just back into the math. Do you any idea what a Lamborghini costs monthly? Uh, about twelve hundred dollars a month, if I'm mistaken. I don't know what year Lamborghini you getting, <laughs> I think, bro. I think. I don't know what year you getting a nineteen or eighteen hundred. No, <laughs> could be wrong. I'm gonna give you the answer. Let's just say thirty five hundred. safely. Okay. A Urus. Let's say a Urus. Okay. Right. Yeah. A Urus. Do you like the car I drove today? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So let's just say you want to get a Maybach, right? Yeah. Let's just say, for example, $3,000 a month, right? You got to pay. And then you just add on $1,000 insurance. You got to insure it the right way. Anything happens, you want to make sure your insurance can pay. So let's say $4,000. 
you would you would get and you know how to get money too. Right. So what you would do, let's just say you got four properties that rent out at fifteen hundred dollars a month. So now you're making fifteen hundred, three thousand, forty five hundred, six thousand dollars. I would strongly recommend if you really want to rely on rent to use government programs like Section Eight or you use companies from findhelp.org, that's where you get your money. That's six thousand dollars. Um, and now you can drive that car for free. Or you could get a driver. <laughs> this ain't no show I'm trying to flex, but I'm just saying, like, you got enough money to get your drive to have a driver too. Right? Six thousand will cover the the cost of the Maybach, the light package, yeah. the champagne, the insurance, and the driver. Yeah. I ain't go all right, so can I tell the story where I called you? Uh uh-huh. <laughs> Can he tell the story? <laughs> nah, tell the story. Funny. All right, so I called Charles for the podcast. I'm like, um, I'm here. Are you here yet? Um, he's like, I'm about seven minutes away. All right, cool. So when you get here, just park right here. Um, in New York, you got to have meters and things like that. So I'm like, Parking it's is after crazy. seven o'clock. <laughs> Parking is crazy in New York. After seven o'clock, you don't got to pay for the meter. He's like, oh, don't worry about that. Got a driver. I'm like, <laughs> okay. All right, cool. That sound good. That sound you good. You have to, man. But yeah, man. So come, I want to be able to have a driver. I want to have all the good things in life, and I need real estate to fund it, man. It comes with the territory, bro. Yeah. But it, it's part of like the hard work. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's a lot of travel. If you really want to get, if you really want to get right, you do have to have a presence. Go check on your properties, or you build out the infrastructure to where. Your tenants know you care about them. They're going to care about your property. You can't go crazy with the rent, right? You can't be a New York City landlord and raise your rent 20%. (laughs) Then people are going to leave. That 20% means a lot to them. You want to keep your rents moderate. But I'm going to give you guys like a quick wealth hack too, man. Um, This is where I get investment money from, aside from rent money. I know you guys are tapped into the banks a lot, right? But for the most part, Banks, I'll give you just one in specific that I use. Bank of America has this partnership with Merrill Lynch, and they have what they call these preferred deposit accounts, mm-hmm. right? You familiar with those? Is that like uh, like the investment account? It's like a self-managed de- deposit account. I'm just going to give you an example for raw numbers. They typically, there's one called, there's a mutual fund called Dreyfus. Mm-hmm. It pays 5%, but it, it, the account is almost a liquid account. Yeah. Meaning if you want to take your money out, out of it, you can. I, it's almost similar to like a sweep account where they sweep your money overnight and put it, it gains interest and they put it back. But Merrill Lynch through Bank of America has this, um, this partnership where you could do preferred deposit accounts and earn close to 5% on your money annualized. So just round numbers to give you guys an example of how you could drive a, whatever car you wanted for free. Or how you could almost live anywhere you want it for free. Just round numbers. So if you had a million dollars and you put it in that account, right? You know where to get money at 0%, right? right? So if you put a million dollars in that account at 5%, you're earning $50,000 um, a year. Just sitting there. Which is $4,166. That $4,166 could pretty much afford you to live wherever you want it. Basically wow. rent-free. Information. It's all that. about the information. That, that closes the gap, man. The wealth gap <laughs> gets closed through the information gap. That, that, that's crazy because it's like, especially people in like, you know, our community, we don't have access to a lot of this information. Like, even before, like, 
the interview, I didn't I didn't know what a land bank was. You yeah. know, I did my research about it and I'm like, why don't we know about this? Like, why don't a lot of like people that look like us know about it? Yeah, man, it has to it has to come from some like I say all the time, some burning desire has to be in you to take action. Right. So before it was a matter of we didn't have access to the information. And now we're I, I think um my experience on Instagram, we're in the information era where everybody's given information. I've seen you teach and just give credit information like yeah. crazy to where now it's like, all right, so we got the information or we got a lot of the information. We don't got like the super high level wealth hacks, right, like I just gave, but we got enough to start to close that gap. And a lot of times I see people don't take advantage. They just don't have, it, it's something else that we have to just keep pushing and keep educating and keep spreading the word to start to make people take advantage. Mm. That is true. That is true. A lot of people they they don't take that action. You know, they 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 see the they see the glamour and everything on Instagram, but it takes a lot of work to get there, and especially a lot of information you need to get. Right. So you know, that 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 that's great. That's great. That's Zach, great. Any questions before, before we close out soon? Um, I mean, honestly, I was also thinking about it. Like, you know, being that you're going to these tough neighborhoods. Yeah. How does the community take it? Because some people might think like, oh, hey, I see developers coming in. I see people, you know, renovating this property next to me. Are they gentrifying this area? Is the rent about to go up? Everybody's like paranoid. They start getting, you know, they might not take yeah. it the right way. That's a good question, man. And and what I thought that way at first, but my why overcame my fear, right? So I got to get my kids money because they need money or they're going to be living with me in a basement for like... <laughs> In the 30s, right? So I'm like, nah, right? I got to get them out of here, right? <laughs> they got to go. So I had the heart to just go. But realistically, like, they're people just like us. Yeah. Um, I feel from a national perspective, construction guys, real estate people, you almost get a pass in communities, Right. We hear about crime, but we don't hear about, like, the real estate guy getting harmed. We don't hear mm -hmm. about the plumber being mixed up in the community. So every really tough community, right, they're human beings, and they know, like, the contractor guy is not a part of what's going on in the in the war, the gang war or whatever's going on. Like, mm -hmm. you, you just get a pass. And then, like I said at the beginning, if you introduce yourself the right way to the individuals in the community, they embrace you. They really do. So the trap house might be on a block of 15 houses, right? But the other 14 houses don't really want the trap house there anyway. Yeah. So I've never had to push anyone out. Like, you know, they're vacant properties. But still, that abandoned house, they don't want it. It's an eyesore. It brings down the property value. Yeah. There are animals living there in the winter. Mm. Crime happens in there. So the community does embrace you. It's like they know it's the best thing. And they 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 want it. Of course, they don't want their rents to go up. Yes. However, the property value goes up, mm. right? So it is a huge value add to a community that is safer. Um, it's on a tax roll now. The water bill is being paid. There's an electric bill. And then your house and your house, the value is now going to go up because there's no vacant houses on the block anymore. Mm. Wow, so it's a win-win for, for, for both. It's both a win-win for everybody, man. The and it's debt-free. I'm pretty oh, sure the wow. city loves this type of stuff for sure. And like, yo, listen, he, he just said it's debt free too. Yeah. yeah, because you buy it. Oh wow. Yeah. I got one last question, right? So we're in 2023 right now, headed into 2024. 
How was COVID looking like for you as an investor? My um, portfolio in the Midwest outperformed my portfolio in New York City during COVID. Yeah. That's where it really hit. And that's where, like, I always knew I was going to have land bank properties, like forever. Mm-hmm. So Section 8 government programs were paying rent of the properties that were, let's just say, in Michigan, right, in the Midwest. The three houses that I have in New York City, I had to, I, I'm not going to say I had to hear it, but I heard like, hey, I got laid off. I can't pay the rent. People turned their phones off. We couldn't come outside. I, I didn't hear from client, from um, tenants for like two, three months. Mm-hmm. It was like, I, I didn't have a whole lot to say because yeah. we didn't know what tomorrow was going to bring. We didn't know, especially in New York, we were like locked down. So I didn't know. But what I did know is that on the first of every single month during COVID, I got paid rent from HUD, from Section 8, every single month religiously. So other businesses I had were shaky. It was a time of uncertainty, but I didn't really have to, like, I didn't go crazy. I didn't suffer anything. I didn't really see a loss too much in my portfolio because my land bank properties actually were just, the rent was paid automatically. Wow. That's, That's crazy because in, in New York they were like um, they kept extending the the the, the, the time, um, the time to you can't throw nobody yeah out. you can't throw you nobody can't take out nobody to court yeah. you can't foreclose and a lot of those things the moratorium on foreclosures is starting to be lifted in New York a lot of landlords with over leveraged properties and this is why I like debt free mm, a lot of right. landlords that did that yeah. first strategy that buy renovate mm. refinance pull all the money out and then go repeat. That value add is now coming to bite a lot of people because they they leverage their properties too much and they weren't able to pay during COVID. So those houses are actually starting to be foreclosed on. Damn. So you could basically create generational wealth debt-free. That's what it's all about, man. And that's why I really got into this. That used to be a lot of my branding was to create generational wealth, not debt. And it was really thinking about like future generations because that highly leveraged um business model, that BRRRR strategy, in the event that COVID hit or we had like an economic downturn, those properties are going to get lost. Their incorporation's name, it's easy to just let them go. But if you have a portfolio that's debt-free, there's no reason to let it go, right? You're just collecting rent on it every month. A tenant moves, you do have to go in, you got to paint, you got to do some renovations. But as soon as you get somebody else in, you're going to get rent and security back in your pocket for a new Mm. tenant. So you're making your money back. Right, right. Okay. So the cash flow doesn't stop. (laughs) It don't stop, man. (laughs) Go buy them and don't stop buying them. Any final thoughts before we close out? Nah, man. The only thing is, like, I want you to come talk to my community. And I want you to give the individuals in my community, like, give me, like, a top five best credit practices that you know. Because I look at you like an expert, bro. I look at you as, like, you're somebody that knows things that you can't Google, right? You know stuff that people just don't know, like right. law, loopholes, Absolutely. like workarounds, like just like stuff that people can't Google. So at some point, man, Cody, I want you to come and talk. Thank you. And just give, uh, like, give me like your best five, like five home I'm about runs. Right now, right? <laughs> five home runs that will change people's lives like in a week. I'm thinking about it right now. I got one or two, but you guys got to tap into his community. Um, for y'all to be able to get this information for sure, for sure. 
Um, so how can they how can they get into your your mentorship, your program, your coaching? How can they tap in with you? Right. So usually, um, people reach out to me for the most part on Instagram at Charles J Noonan. Just send me a DM or the link in my bio has every level of program there, so you can just sign up and join through there. Somebody um, like a VP of enrollment will probably reach out and advise them on which way to go based on their situation. Okay. So through Instagram, the link in my bio has like the full assortment of opportunities that we have. And then for more information, free game, tap into the Land Bank Show on YouTube, mm-hmm. Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music. I do a segment <laughs> called Free Education Friday. Yeah. Well, I just give like it's just free education, man. That's good stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff. Great. That's great. So I got a few closing questions before we get out of here. Rapid questions, um, you know, just giving people hope and things like that. So the first question is, what did you have to sac like? What did you have to sacrifice to become successful? Leisure time. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I missed out on parties. I missed out on like trips. I missed out on being home. I missed out on football seasons, uh, co- complete mm. seasons, complete basketball seasons, and I'm a basketball basketball fanatic. You got to sacrifice some of that stuff. Um, you just got to miss it. Yeah. You, you watch ESPN, get the highlights, but you can't be sitting home <laughs> I told watching the too. entire game. <laughs> you can't be sitting home watching every single team on an NFL ticket on a on a hacked fire stick. Like that, <laughs> I gotta go off. It, it has to go off. Throw yeah. the throw the hack fire stick away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right, cool. So thank you guys. Um, and just tap in at Motion and Success Podcast, and also on Charles Newman's page be, as well. Being that this is like the first interview, we got we got to have something special for our viewers, you know, to help them tap in with you. Right. You know what you got? Anybody that wants that's looking to tap in, like you know, to get into the land bank, you know, they going they coming straight to you. Yeah. You know, do you have like any anything like available like courses or anything that they could tap in with that we could get them in tune with? Yeah, so there's a Hack and Land Bank course. Um, there's an ebook, Hack and Land Bank Properties, and then there's like three levels of mentorship. So it's all in the link in my bio. Just any discounts for the people. <laughs> Man, so we giving away like land for three hundred dollars. Never mind, never mind, y'all. Here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. Now we gotta do something. It's like number one. Let's do like like thirty percent off. Okay. Of all of my products. I don't know mm. how we're gonna do this, but we'll find a way. We'll speak to my admin, Sydney. We'll find a way to give anybody that comes from this motion and success podcast thirty yeah. percent off all our products. Thirty percent off, y'all. Like, y'all, y'all definitely got to tap in. Y'all have to. I bet. So I think this was a great episode. Uh, definitely, I hope you guys learned a lot about the the land bank property. Get you guys some investment property so y'all could drive a Ferrari, you know, the Lamborghinis. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Everything like that. So um, thank you for having Thank you for joining our podcast. It was great having you. It was great, great having you. For sure. Of course, fellas. I'll see you guys, guys soon.